0: Welcome everybody to episode 238 of the Metabolus 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben.
1: And I am David, and this podcast we're going to talk about (laughs) the giggle. (laughs) Uh,
0: It's more a creepy laugh, isn't it, than a giggle, I'd have said. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't call the episode Creepy Laugh, that would have been weird.
1: Doctor Who and the Creepy Laugh.
0: Actually, I like Doctor Who and the Creepy Laugh.
1: That's the target novelization right there. <laughs> Doctor Who and the
0: Creepy Laugh. Ter- Terrence Dicks, Doctor Who and the Creepy Laugh.
1: Oh, it'd be like uh, James Goss or Gary Russell writing it this time True. around.
0: True. Well, I'm, 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 resur- um, no, I'm thinking that we'd, um, we'd resurrect Terence Dix from Beyond <laughs> the Grave and he'd dictate the novel from um, heaven where he is no doubt right now.
1: Mm, the writer's room mm. in the sky
0: right a great writer's room in the sky well Terrace is uh, keeping, keeping everyone in order exactly script <laughs> editing the shit out of everybody
1: <laughs> keeping us in 130 128 pages count there.
0: exactly <laughs> how, doctor who the creepy love well okay um enough of the frivolity um doctor who and the giggle the yeah. giggle what
1: did we think of the giggle neil patrick harris brilliant excellent casting what a star Yes. What a star. Fantastic in every scene and honestly, if it wasn't for Shooty Gatwa showing up, I would have say he stole every scene, but he was upstaged finally at the end by Shudwa.
0: By no, I my jaw was hitting the floor on a regular intervals. He was just wow, he really brought that. And if there isn't like a rematch in the future, there certainly should be uh, or whatever he is. Yes, he was amazing. Mm. I mean, I think it was a little bit strange in that, you know, Russell was like, and oh, then I just called him up. I mean, he must know him from It's a Sin, surely. I'm sure yeah. he were, that's where this was all hatched. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he was he had German accent and the British accent and the dancing. And he's saying like on the Unleashed, like I can't dance. We're well, like, yeah, you can. You know, he's very, very modest about his achievements. And, yeah, he was standout, standout mm-hmm. good. Yeah. He did have a dance double, though. Oh, there was a dance. D- there is a credited uh, dance double. Interesting. It's, it's, I'm still stymied by Disney Plus refusing to let me watch the credits, <laughs> um, which is really irritating me because there is no way you can watch the credits. Wow. That I can gather. I Maybe if I dig deep into the dusty back rooms of disney plus i can watch the credits but yeah wow okay so there was a dance double fair all right
1: there was a dance double but the stuff that neil patrick harris did that we we saw it, it all meshed wonderfully yeah. and yeah he can dance he can
0: dance and <laughs> he can act and he can be creepy and he can be a villain and he mm-hmm. is absolutely excellent i have a lot of time i've always had quite a bit of time for neil patrick harris but i've even more time for him now yeah indeed. Yeah.
1: this is one of the best celebrity You know, known American actor. I think is he the biggest American actor to appear on Doctor Who? I think so. Taking my breath. Um, I mean,
0: (laughs) um, J and T would disagree because he'd say it was what's the face (laughs) that no one's ever heard of that he loved because he was in musicals. Um, I can't even remember her name. Uh, Yeah, I think he is the biggest American star. I mean, hopefully. I mean, I have no problems with Americans being in. Doctor Who, as long as it's appropriate, mm-hmm. i.e., if they're English, they can do a good accent. And if they're American, they can do their own accent. Yeah. Uh, no problems at all. Um, bring them on, basically. And if it starts out, if it carries on as good as this was, then yeah, more power to it, basically.
1: Because uh, Alex Kingston is, she's considered a British actress, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's British. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. My mother
0: just saw her do Prospero at Stratford. So, yeah, she's, she's a Royal Shakespeare company yeah
1: i always think of her as more of a british actress exactly than, she is yeah, a british okay. actress even though she yeah, does yeah, yeah. a lot of american television yeah she okay. does
0: Was she was on was she one of those hospital programs yeah she for ages yeah something like that yeah i mean i think she's i mean she's like hugh laurie you know she's one of those british actors mm-hmm. that everyone thinks is american because she can just do an absolutely seamless american accent um, right or was, she, or, or was she british on the hospital show like I watched it (laughs) you you love Doctor Who so much that you watch all the shows that people from Doctor Who have been in
1: yeah right no you don't (laughs) anyway (laughs) she was on ER from 1997 to 2004 that's a long time to be on ER no the only thing I previously saw her on before Doctor Who was uh, Maul Flanders oh yeah which which
0: sounds like she should be British in that yeah of course well
1: Maul Flanders is set in colonial America oh was it oh is
0: it? Yeah, I believe I so. I think Moll Flanders was set in London.
1: Yeah, Moll Flanders begins. She's a convicted woman. And so she's transported oh, um, to the colonies. Really? Uh, to Virginia and kind of reinvents herself. It's Daniel Defoe. Yeah. just shows how much of Moll Flanders I've, I've read. <laughs> I always get Moll Flanders
0: mixed up with um, God, who was the woman who went out with Charles II? I um, can't remember her name. Um, you know, the one with the oranges. Always get him mixed up with that real person. <laughs> um, okay, we are getting way off topic in our excitement about The Giggle. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, it was 100% solid hour of Russell T. Davis' Doctor Who. Very much um, so. Which yeah. I know can be a curate's egg in many ways. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you start to unpick bits of it, you go like, ah, hang on, what was all that? Mm-hmm. But it races forward with such an enjoyable lick that while you 're watching it, unless you are a very introspective individual, um you do not bother to unpick those things, you just let it wash over you and both myself and my lovely wife very much enjoyed it um She thought it was a bit too gay um i thought it was i thought it was just gay enough
1: too happy too happy right uh, yeah that 's it everyone was too happy <laughs> yeah but you
0: were a little, you you feel a little more circumspect about it i'm i 'm picking up
1: this to me is a very uh like you said this is a, a heavy heavy RTD this had all the aspects of RTD and so it is an anniversary special it did seem to be uh, the greatest hit smash up of RTD and it seemed like there's a lot of recycling of ideas from the past 14 years of Doctor Who Okay, and um, I and, think and there's you, some you, misfires in it along okay, the way Okay, can
0: you draw our attention to some of the recycled ideas
1: and the misfires yeah, so we'll start with Vlinks.
0: Oh God, yeah. Okay, I did not like <laughs> Vlinks. Sorry, it's Mister Smith.
1: It's Mister Smith, and with units contempt for aliens. And I, I mean, this is a robot, isn't an alien robot? I don't a know. a cyber controller of some kind. I don't know. Yeah, delete, delete, delete from the script. Do not need Vlinks at all.
0: I don't think it's needed. We've already got a genius in a wheelchair. I'm, Vlinks looked like it might have been didn't have any legs. Uh, We've already established that. Why do we need him? Uh, We've already got a genius uh, on the computer. We've already got her. Um, He'd seem to be superfluous. And wouldn't it been awesome if it was just Mr. Smith? If Like, you know, I don't know. Wall went up and the noise, the Mr. Smith noise happened. (laughs) Um, And it's like, oh, Mr. Smith. Yeah, of course, we've dragged him from Bannerman Road. And -hmm. now he's at the unit skyscraper in central London.
1: Right. Because they did mention Sarah Jane had died. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure why the units have
0: moved from a stately home to a skyscraper in central London. But there you go. Um, Or from or from the Tower of London, for that matter. Um, Okay, more problems. Bring them on.
1: Yes, so, um, like you said, Vlinks I think, it was superfluous. Yep. They had already had uh, Unix Scientific Advisor Shirley Bingham She's there. Good. And they also had Mel Bush Slapping back. Slapping away at the computer uh, keys. As a computer yep. program, yep. So, between between them, I think they could have handed it. The only reason I think they had vlinks is is there's something in Nick Briggs' ah, contract ah. that he has to appear. Because, <laughs> I mean, he you was the voice, the voice of, of Vlynx. Yeah, you know.
0: um... Maybe the Vlinks is gonna go wrong and like attack everybody.
1: Maybe the Vlinks is just going to disappear, and we'll never have to think about it again.
0: Yes, maybe, maybe Vlynx died on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> Sorry, that's a that's a deep cut Simpsons reference.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, other problems. Other uh, problems. Yep. Really bothered me at the end with Wilf uh, hunting moles. For, first off, that seemed uncharacteristic of Wilf's personality. Right. And I'm sure 2020 hindsight it would have been best to film the little garden party first and then do all the other scenes. But it just, it seemed awkward. And then to have Wilf off firing guns at moles, that just seemed tone deaf to me. There could have been something, Hmm. something else that they had done. Something more pastoral, perhaps. Something, anything.
0: I mean, I'll have to say, my parents had a mole catcher who would come around and catch moles, and he was delightful. Okay. Um, and I don't know whether that's an American thing. Like, uh, moles. Um, but I don't know. No. It's I- a pretty solid thing to do in your old age is catch moles. I mean, you know okay I, moles are not endangered in any kind of way they're kind of a pest no one likes them and you can make them into hats so you know <laughs> okay
1: that's i mean it just didn't seem like a wilf thing to yeah, me. yeah yeah it could be that i'm an american
0: yeah or, or maybe or, or yes i mean that that too i mean i it, it's yeah it wasn't it wasn't fully wilf it wasn't i've i yes it wasn't fully wilf i think i i agree i agree
1: yes so moving on, yes, the other bit other bit, the master's tooth, the master's <laughs> ring, the hand picking it up again. It's shades of all over John Simms' master once again. It's just sort of like, uh, really? We, oh. don't need, we don't need this. We oh, don't I need this kind it. of continuity. Oh, uh. no,
0: I disagree. I thought, uh. like, ah, uh, someone's picking up a bit of the master again. It's not going to go anywhere. Uh, that would be the funniest thing. Because obviously, mm. at the end of whatever it was, Last of the Time Lords... Uh, whatever. Was that last the time? loss? what was the one where the master is all a skeleton and stuff for a bit. I can't remember. And then those people who've got cactuses instead of heads. Anyway, whatever that one was, you know, the ring gets picked up and then (laughs) nothing happens about that ring. But everyone was like, oh, what's going to happen with the ring? In fact, even we were like, what's going to happen with the ring? Mm. So I would, I think I really enjoyed that bit. (laughs) I suspect that nothing's going to happen with the ring. I don't think it was Kate Lethbridge-Stewart picking up the ring. I read stuff online that maybe it was Jinx Monsoon, whoever she... Um, happens to end up being, mm-hmm. it was her picking up the ring. But how did she get there? Uh, by coming through, sort like a hand. She's got a finger that can travel through time and can pick up rings and then whisk them away. Um, I think it's right. Russell being silly. That's what I thought that was. And I I I, yeah. I, I, laughed at the screen when that happened and I very much enjoyed it. But I can see how other
1: people might have said you like... You could see how I would roll my eyes. Yes, there yeah.
0: I, I was, my, as I was laughing, my eyes were also rolling back in their sockets as well.
1: so okay moving on okay the over reliance on a a dated pop song uh you know whether it be uh Britney Spears or Scissor Sisters or Rogue Traders. Now we have the Spice Girls with Spice Up Your Life. It, a big dance ensemble. It just was we've seen this again uh, or we've seen this before with the Sims Master dancing in I Can't Decide and Voodoo Child. I uh, do we need it again? Yes we
0: do. The spice the No we that don't know the Spice Girls' greatest <laughs> song. It is their greatest achievement. It's one of the greatest achievements of the 20th century. Um, <laughs> spice Up Your Life is absolutely fantastic. Uh, nobody, nobody can have too much Spice Up Their Life in their lives. I was very happy to hear that the toy maker also enjoys the Spice Girls.
1: So <laughs> Okay. All right. Being a pan pandimensional,
0: mean... omniscient, omniscient being from the beginning of time, mm-hmm. he still enjoys the Spice Girls. Uh, yeah, I, I can see how... I can see how people who didn't like the Spice Girls that much. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Rogue Traders, and I'm not a big fan of the Scissor Sisters either. To be honest, I am a big fan of the Spice Girls, so I was I welcomed them into Doctor Who.
1: I am Spice Girls agnostic. I really Ooh. don't care one way or another. it's just, <laughs> to me, it seemed like okay. This is very RTD. This is a retread RTD, of yes. RTD stuff. So these are all things. Of recycled types of uh, elements of the story that maybe a little less pop song and maybe a little bit more of hide and seek horror with things going on, which seemed really kind of truncated to me. Mm. There wasn't enough going on to. Maybe this is coming from watching like the Celestial Toy Maker, where you have four episodes of games and horror, right. and when it's really you just have. Uh, I can't even remember what tenant had other than corridors, and I'm trying. I'm stretching my mind. and Then um, corridors Donna and just had, the- yeah, and Donna just had with Stooky Sue. Yeah, so yeah. it seemed too short for the hide and seek with the Toymaker.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this I, I, that's actually getting. To- Sorry, if, are you done with your problems? Mm, I, well, for now. for now okay i mean that actually got to the heart of where i was 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 like questioning the episode a little bit i didn't really i mean neil patrick harris's genius aside i've never really understood what the toy maker's special powers are because even back in the hartnell four-parter he's the toy maker right Right, that's his name celestial toy maker and i like the little callback to like well we could be celestial i thought that was nice but he doesn't do toys; he does games. Right. So he's more like the celestial games master, not the celestial toy maker. But then again, when he's Neil Patrick Harris, he's more like the celestial toy. He's more like he's a Jigsaw, basically. He's like Jigsaw from like the the Jigsaw movies. Hmm. Um, he has like an evil puppet. They're like ah, I'm an evil puppet. And the I mean, I I, 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 I kind of liked. Like the first game is the ball game. And I thought that was a nice kind of almost like a callback to like Stanley Kubrick in 2001, where like the first things that the the human race does is smash each other's brains out. I thought that was smart. Mm -hmm. I thought that the the climax being like a game of catch, as much as I dislike catch as a game, and I could certainly (laughs) see how uh, someone who also didn't like catch, I'm saying maybe RTD, uh, would have that as the evil game that was being played. Uh, I yeah, I mean I I would have liked the you know ideally to be the full horror for me would be if the toy maker had challenged the doctor to a game of settlers of catan and it had, <laughs> and we'd had about 5 hours of staring at someone moving little wooden things around a hexagonal board.
1: Well that would tie in with the meep, So you move your little meeples around the board. Exactly, exactly. So
0: I yeah I I he's, I mean he was a little bit too kind of generically, like, uh, am I the Joker? Am I the Riddler? Am yeah. I, where am I from? Where is my evil? What is my thing? I thought that was kind of fudged a little. The, the great thing about the Toymaker, though I think he's more of a games master than a Toymaker, mm-hmm. is that, and this was established, I think, you know, in the Hartnell four-parter, is that he plays by the rules. He right. doesn't cheat. And that, that I thought that was really well set out by Russell. Like, he doesn't cheat. Um, He plays by the rules. If you beat him at the game, he's beaten. And I like that. And I think they could have lent into that slightly more.
1: But doesn't that go against, like, Cyril, who was always cheating at the games in the Celestial Toymaker?
0: Yeah, but Cyril isn't the Toymaker, right? Cyril's like a creature of the Mm Toymaker. Cyril's like a Billy Bunter kind of, you know. Yeah, right. I I don't know. Anyway. But, I mean, I think the Toymaker... I always conflate in my mind and I think in general it's conflated in a lot of people's minds is the toy maker and the master of the land of fiction have this kind of weird overlap Yeah, and I'd like them to be split apart better and like, okay, the land of fiction, that kind of shit happens. And when the toy maker is in town, this kind of crap happens. And... Uh, and I didn't feel that that was being broken apart enough. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Suki, Suki Bill is a toy, mm-hmm. but we were playing games. Yeah. And obviously, Jigsaw, I'm using the Jigsaw analogy, has an evil puppet that makes you play game. I don't know. So, I mean, yeah. I, it's,
1: I, the conflation of toys and games. They're not the same thing.
0: Right. Yeah. And then you could have, like, the sports maker as well, who, like, makes you play, like, rugby or football or something. Um, Did you play dodgeball in the UK? No, no, no. The only time we ever played dodgeball is we had an American exchange teacher Mm -hmm. um, who, A, made us play basketball, which we didn't like because it was like netball. (laughs) And B, made us play dodgeball. It's like, why are we playing this game? And then he was struck by lightning and died, and that was very sad. Oh my yeah.
1: gosh. Wow. Well, do not play dodgeball in the UK, I guess. <laughs> well, no, he was skiing in
0: Colorado uh, Oh, okay. By All right. Um anyway, uh that's by the by, uh, he's very tall. Um <laughs> anyway, <laughs> strange was, aside. Completely irrelevant. You you can cut that. You can cut that bit out. Um no, we no we never played dodgeball.
1: Okay. Yeah, cuz dodgeball that's what this reminded me of, but it wasn't dodgeball. Right, we used to play British
0: bulldogs, where we're like you had to get on the shoulders of somebody else and then run at each other and uh-huh. then try
1: and knock the purses
0: on the shoulders of someone else off.
1: That was good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, carry on. So the other bit of recycling that Davis did was he went back to season 3, uh, season 3 of the classic era when okay. Hartnell was starting to have health problems and flooding right. his lines and it was just becoming more more work to have as the lead rather than as an asset. John Wiles was producer and Donald Tosh was story editor. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And they had commissioned a script uh by Brian Hales for the Celestial Toy Maker. And the original idea for the Celestial Toymaker that Wiles and Tosh had was that they would have Hartnell go invisible, disappear for much of the story, and then at the end of the episode they would recast the Doctor as another actor rather than as William Hartnell. As and they got the Right. The story's fantasy, the surreal elements of the Toymaker would make that possible. Indeed. And so I see RTD, who's very, very knowledgeable of Doctor Who lore and history and the production ideas, decided to take this idea. But instead of uh, changing well, he literally did change actors with by generation and the Toymaker made this split possible. Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of sophisticated recycling of an idea that earlier producer, earlier script editor had back in the 60s, 1966, when they were trying to figure out right. what to do. Instead of renewal, RTD made its own twist on it. So tip of the hat to RTD for doing it. Right. It's interesting how renewal with the, the renewal of uh, Hartnell to Troughton was there for external reasons that we have this bit of canon. And I, I see this by generation as again, external reasons why Disney and whomever is fronting the money for Doctor Who wants more stories of Doctor Who. It's a very demanding show, so now there are canonically two Doctors that can be simultaneously. So again, we have the external reasons right. driving the story reasons for why certain things happen the way they did. Sure,
0: I mean, I think all, I mean, I think it's even more than that, right? I mean, it hasn't RTD implied that. Actually, even though by generations never happened before, um, it actually has happened before, and like that's the case with every doctor, which is how we get the curator.
1: Hmm. Mm. I I didn't get that at all.
0: Uh, I, 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 there's some in there's some interview where he has implied that that could be uh, an, an interpretation, and I actually quite like that interpretation because I don't actually understand where the curator comes from. Uh, if that isn't the case. And actually, I don't understand where any of the ancient doctors come from because they're all super ancient now.
1: But the ancient doctors, are you talking about Chibnall's pre hartnell doctors? No,
0: or? I'm talking about like, here comes Colin Baker, he looks completely different, doctors. mm um, hmm. And actually, I mean, the callback that I thought it was, I mean, if we're going to get on to the regeneration thing, I mean, again, I can see what Disney wants, if this is what Disney wants, is they want the option to have a bunch of Doctor Who happen that isn't just shooty gadwa, because, of course, you know, the landscape of acting at this level has changed so incomparably. We were talking about this last week. It's changed so incomparably. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody wants to be in a show, like, all the time. And if you, again, I think I used the example last week, you know, if you look at Loki, for instance, Tom Hiddleston can give you six episodes and that's it. Right. And then he's off doing other stuff he wants to do. So I can see how you know uh, Disney want to hedge their bets and say, okay, let's have a Doctor Who expanded universe, and we'll get a bunch of other doctors in, and maybe other people playing other doctors. You know, that's be already been established with the with the first ish Doctor. You know that he can be played by other people, etc. Right. etc. So I, I can understand why that's done, and we can argue the toss on bi regeneration. I think there were I think there were good aspects of it. I think there were bad aspects of it. I think the bits some of it worked and some of it didn't work. I liked the underpants thing. I didn't like the big the big mallet thing. Anyway, but I thought it was kind of a nice callback. And the way it really worked for me it was a callback to the Children of Blood and the Doctor, the tenant Doctor, taking on human form. Hmm. Of course in that double in that two parter to escape some evils. So the end bit of Family Blood that I found very, very affecting is where John Smith remembers forward of, in his life about living a full and happy life and dying with a woman he loves. Hmm. And then he can't live that life. He has to go back and become Doctor Who again, rather than, you know, a human living a normal, happy, human, fulfilling life. Right. So I thought that was kind of a callback to that. And the idea hmm. that the Tenant Doctor, who, you know, for, one, for whatever reason, Russell, started to develop and didn't really pull it off, in my opinion, started to develop this idea of the Tenant Doctor being in trouble in some kind, in the specials, those final specials of um, of Tennant's tenure, you know, he, mm-hmm. where he was a little bit out of control and kind of coming back to that and sort of giving this doctor or a doctor, the doctor, a chance to, to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. And maybe even, I mean, I think we'll probably discover this isn't the case, but maybe even the, the, the 14th doctor living with Donna and Donna's family in Croydon or wherever they are.
1: France, I think it was. France is oh, what it was They're, they're
0: in France, yeah, in, in South France, which sounds gorgeous, and dying of, of old age, hmm. having had a nice life, hmm. rather than spending their entire life running around the UD, U- universe trying to... Try, Trying to fix things. I mean, that's my current head canon around this, and that's my mm-hmm. current kind of feeling of the callback. I'm sure it'll turn out not to be the case, and we'll get Tennant back, like you are being the Doctor in some other way. But anyway, so my
1: guess is it's going to be a Doctor Who movie with David Tennant. Oh, interesting. You think? Yeah, like a like a standalone, like Disney Plus movie kind of thing, or even a theatrical Whoa. release.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah.
1: Hmm. It just depends. I mean, Tennant is probably at least. It's hard to say between him and Smith who's the more popular doctor. I would guess in the U.S. it would be Smith, Mm. but perhaps perhaps in the U.K.? Uh, It's in the U.K. it's Tennant. The U.K. it's Tennant, definitely. So RTD now has a David Tennant doctor with Rose. He has a David Tennant doctor with Donna. Why does he hate Martha so much? How come Martha doesn't get her, her own David Tennant doctor?
0: <laughs> it is true. It is true. Martha, Martha's got Martha got the shitty end of the state when it came to doctors, um, and doesn't have a doctor of her own. No. Oh well, never mind. Uh, I'd like that because I actually, of all the tenant companions, Martha was my favorite. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it oh, just,
1: well. I, I just. <laughs> It seemed weird to me that uh, th- the whole idea of the Doctor by generation and now he's done and is just going to hang out with Donna's family. It just mm, doesn't work for you. Uh, it doesn't work for me at all. Yeah, um, fair. I don't know. I can I can see why we're now at series one because mm. we're we're on a new Doctor and it's right. sort of like the Toy Maker also tried to uh, make ambiguous or retcon, if you will the the Chibnall era error where the toy maker is saying I made a jigsaw out of your history. Yeah. did you like it? I
0: like that. I like that mm-hmm. actually. That I I I thought that worked well for me. I did, did did that didn't work so well for you?
1: No, I think it's fine. But it seems like there really is no more canon anymore, and. It's a brand new show. Every time you get a new showrunner and a new Doctor in, the only the only links to the past are going to be some of the window dressing of Doctor Who. You have the TARDIS. You're probably going to have the Doctor. You're going to have some form of the Master, Cybermen, whatever. But any kind of linear canon, this quaint notion of numbering Doctors, I right. I, I think right. we just need to abandon it completely. <laughs> Which I which
0: I think is actually kind of healthy because again you know this is something we've we've touched on before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about Doctor is there isn't a canon, or at least it's not never been that interested in canon. I mean, periodically during its history, it's wanted to, to engage with like oh this is this is a thing, and it then is. there was another thing. But, you know, in general, no one really cares that much. And I think Mm. that's healthy. I like that. Mm -hmm. Again, comparing to my experience of trying to watch Loki and hating every second of it because I didn't know enough about Marvel stuff. I don't want that. I don't want canon. I don't want there to be an explanation. And the idea that some being from outside the universe, which I guess is what we're calling the Toymaker, has, for reasons best known to themselves, I guess just to be mischievous i.e. he's more of a Riddler or a Joker than he is a toy maker, has basically thrown everything up in the air and it's all just fallen down, Um, Mm -hmm. which which brings in, you know, Big Finish and the 1970s Doctor Who annuals and the 60s comic strip is now all something that might have happened during the lifetime of this character, Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. I think also it then gives Shooty an opportunity and i have I have enjoyed watching some of the 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 teaser clips for the Christmas special, you know and of, of him just kind of letting rip in a nightclub wearing a kilt It's like, well okay, this is a doctor who is no longer bound by the sorrow of the death of Adric or blah blah <laughs> blah, blah 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 not that ever that ever seemed to matter that much, but is actually a free spirit again, you know this is a doctor who kind of starts again from scratch and there's some of the, this idea of the, you know, traveling the universe being in like something joyful, which is, I think something that Russell has always emphasized is that, you know, is that it's, it's something that you want to have happen rather than it's a chore of some kind. Mm -hmm. I like that anyway.
1: I think it's good. I think as old fans or even 21st century fans, fans that came in with Eccleston or Tennant, there is a clinging or a, an assumption that everything fits together and it's never been that way in Doctor Who and I think even the showrunners, all all the showrunners, especially Chibnall and RTD now are really trying to make the puzzle pieces of the jigsaw no longer fit. Moffat came in there and tried to make everything fit so nice and tidily. And now the two showrunners after him are really saying, well, not only only are there pieces that you didn't even know about, but some of the pieces may be missing, or we've changed the size of the pieces to stretch this analogy. It is nothing, nothing seems to fit anymore. And so... This is as close to a hard reboot, hard reset as we're going to get in this era of Doctor Who and with Shudigawa.
0: I mean, I think a a potential downside for me from all this, though, is that, you know, if one was being super cynical, one could say, "Okay, this is and I I don't think this is the case. But anyway, I'll, I'll go with it. You know, there's been a director from mickey mouse or bob <laughs> eager whoever runs disney is saying okay this i think sh- it's
1: donald duck now Is hostile takeover <laughs> this shit
0: is way too complicated like there's no canon we can't work with this stuff what i want you to do is find a fabric find a fabrication that'll appease the old fans and by old fans i mean people from 2005 as well that will cut off all of old doctor who so we can put it somewhere else and then i want you to start a new doctor this is what you're describing a new doctor this is going to be he's going to be the number one from the beginning and now we can have a canon yep. and the downside that might happen is that from shooty onwards we start to establish a strict rigid mandalorian slash <laughs> slash mcu slash everything else on disney is always like rigidly canonical, mm-hmm. and we start to have a rigid canon that starts with Shuti Gadwa. Um, and that, that I would not agree with, mm-hmm. but I can see that being something that certainly aspects of Disney will be going like, we need a product that people understand. We, we know that there's one thing Americans like more than anything else. American science fiction fans is they like everything to fit together. We want this to be Star Trek and we mm. want there to be a beginning and we want there to be an end. And they want everything to fit nicely within those two within those two poles. Mm. Um, and the glory of Doctor Who is that it's never really been that interested in doing that because it's not been an American science fiction show. But again, you know, without being mean about Americans, it is a kind of a typology of American fans of science fiction is that it's got to fit in you know look at isaac asimov like frantically rewriting his entire herb so that everything all fitted together in Mm. one single story Mm -hmm. which was a disaster in my opinion i used to you know i loved asimov when i was a kid not anymore obviously Mm. so i mean that would be my fear from all this but i don't know maybe i'm just being overly paranoid
1: it is a risk but this reminds me of what Disney did with Star Wars when they took it over. They right. did a reset that they had 40 years of Star Wars that they basically said, "Well, that's not canon anymore. right. right. We're right. going to start over." And that's effectively what I see happening with Disney and I care less. About it, I, I mean, I didn't care about Star Wars canon at all, but I don't really care <laughs> about Doctor Who canon either. It's, right, I've said in the past, I think every Doctor and especially every new showrunner starts over and selects the elements that he or she likes of the Doctor Who universe or the yeah. um, what's been done right. before and brings it into their show. Right, and so the only constant really is you have a main character called the Doctor and that character has a police box that can go through time and space everything else is optional right even the sonic screwdriver now it's it's no longer it's a sonic ps1 controller basically it's something different whatever
0: it is something different
1: yeah so we'll see you have the constants i don't think any doctor is really the doctor until he faces the daleks the Daleks obviously are going to come back at, for Gatwa at some point. Yeah. But it's like a box of crayons or something. You, you have many different colors available, and you can choose to use all the colors and try to make them into a rainbow or fit or whatever. Or you can have a select, you know, shades. I'm just using grays or reds or greens or whatever. So right, right, right. It's yeah. where this episode, going back to the giggle, I think fell short for me is... I saw RTD or I felt RTD was going back and grabbing the previous colors that he really had as a signature, as a signature is. And it it seemed too, it seemed too RTD to me. It didn't seem to be, Mm. aside from by generation, which, okay, uh, didn't seem to have a lot of new story elements in it for me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think this is where this feeds into my fear that this is some kind of, um, you know, Infinity Doctor's um, The Dying Days, kind of, okay, we're finishing the, off this one now, and, okay, this is a new thing next, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, which one could see positively. And obviously, I'm referencing The Dying Days because that was the book that Lance Parkin wrote that kind of wiped, marked the end of The Virgin New Adventures and marked the beginning of the... BBC taking over the Doctor Who fiction line and it was basically a you know a, a new beginning and there there are elements of this that seem disney-y and new beginning-y yep. that I'm not I'm a little bit concerned about I do not like I've already alluded to this. I do not like UNIT having a skyscraper in the middle of London, (laughs) like Tony Stark Stark has a skyscraper in the middle of New York. Right? You know, okay, and with a helipad on it. You Mm. know, that's like what really? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, uh, the UN can barely string two dollars together to do anything, and like, and they can afford to build a skyscraper for you. But again, obviously, you know, in the seventies, UNIT lived in a stately home because they were like the Avengers, you know, so fair. But still, that seemed that seemed kind of generic to me, and like Vlinks seemed to be generic to me. We've got a generic supercomputer that says things. Um, That that seemed to be unimaginative, and I know Russell, like you know, UNIT previously had a Spectrum HQ, Captain Scarlet style flying aircraft carrier. Yep. Fair, but that was also kind of a Marvel thing, too, because don't the Marvel people have a flying aircraft carrier? Anyway, mm. I, I can't remember. Don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so there are elements of this that seem Disney to me and not in a good way. And I'm not, you know, obviously there's a lot more money in this now, which mm-hmm. shows up nicely. You know, turning Bristol into, you know, 1925 London looked very expensive. looked good. It looked great, yeah. It was funny to see... Um, the toy maker putting his shop next door to mr grade um <laughs> i know
1: explain that to me
0: <laughs> uh, uh well uh, michael grade the um the the killer of doc the peep the person yeah, who- yeah.
1: but th- i didn't catch the grade reference oh, to so something?
0: so the so the store ne- the shop next door to the toy maker's shop in soho was called grade's haircuts
1: Oh, I will have to look at that. Yeah, <laughs> which apparently,
0: according to that, there is actually a, on that street in Bristol there is already a place called Grades and that they just like it's it, it's already there. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm sure they made the decision to put the Toymakers Emporium next door to something called Grades, because uh, um, you know it's Michael a, it's a, yep. yeah, it's a yeah. Mike, it's a little callback to my Grade, whatever. Um, so you know, um, uh, where was I going with that? Yeah, I mean, there's more money coming in. That's a plus. guard Guardrod coming in. That's a plus him being like a more exuberant i'm not going to use the word gayer but you know a gay actually no gay in the old and the old fashioned happier a, a, a happier, happier time lord a happier gayer time lord i'm entirely in favor of that i am worried about the goblins i'm gonna to have to say oh uh, that smacked me of harry potter oh fuck it, it looked like <laughs> sorry excuse my excuse my language um yeah that was that was the first thing that came into my head was like harry bloody potter so Bloody well better not be Russell T. Davis. But on the plus side, Russell always does something silly for Christmas. Um, you know, we've got Christmas trees and Santas and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So maybe the goblins fall within that. And what are goblins other than the Sycorax made into goblin form? So you know, whatever.
1: Uh, Well, they're probably into blood sports and that kind of stuff, knowing goblin legends. No, no,
0: knowing goblins. Um, So yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, Just quickly address something else. Um, uh, Mel coming back uh, like that. Didn't like that. What do you think about that? Long overdue. Long overdue. I very, very, very much enjoyed having Mel back and having Mel doing something Mm -hmm. Melish to do.
1: Yeah, it was nice to see Bonnie Langford doing computer stuff yeah, and oh, that's shit. why I kinda of give an F grade to Vlinks. You should have had Mel doing Yeah. All there's that
0: no stuff. need to have a Vlinks when you've got when you've got Mel Bush sitting right there yeah Ray. doing computery things um which what she was born to do she's been into space for like a hundred years she's got she's yeah. got skills, yeah, so yeah, get rid of the links um let's just have the mail mm-hmm. um that's all we need, so yeah, I thought it was very well done, and it's so clear what a good actor bonnie langford is Mm. and how poorly she was served like a lot of other people in (laughs) many ways like colin baker um how poorly served she was by some of the scripts in the 80s
1: i would have liked to see former companions of the doctor wind up someplace other than unit and that also seemed to me a retread Mm, of an idea right you know, Mel, Mel, you know, she could have she could have owned the big office building with the computers. Melcorp, of course. Melcorp or something. Or she could have retired to academia or she could have been with CERN or something. You know, it, it seems to me a cop out to have all the former companions go working. No, Donna's now working for Unit. She's and it's working just sort of unit, like, yeah. it, it's, uh, Unit is kind of a non entity anymore. And it's a catch all, yeah. And the UN is impotent in many, many ways. And now they have, like you said, this big skyscraper in the middle of London. And UNIT made a lot of sense in the 1960s. It made sense in the 1970s. I don't think it makes sense anymore. I think Chibnall had the right idea of saying it was disbanded due to funding cuts, but then he brought it back. And and
0: looking at their skyscraper, those funding cuts have certainly been solved at this point.
1: Apparently so. apparently so and yeah. i
0: mean sorry yeah carry on i, I don't know oh,
1: they, they got it cheap from the russians they did <laughs> and um,
0: you've probably seen this on the interwebs um mel was not the first ginger companion turlo what about turlo <laughs> turlo's been written out he was the first red-headed companion Surely. totally forgot about turlo i
1: know Speaking of companions who got uh, written out, uh, it was interesting that the toy maker didn't do anything with any of uh, Whitaker's companion, Whitaker Doctor's companions in the little puppet show. Yeah. Of course, none none of them died that we know of. Yeah, Dan just went back to the museum. (laughs) And that's all right, then. (laughs) Ryan fell off his bike again. That's all right, then. (laughs)
0: I mean I mean really what the toy maker should have done is just gone through all of the companions, like mm-hmm. over like a ten, fifteen minute segment and really just kinda of done that and like you Susan, know. you abandoned her
1: <laughs> in post apocalyptic Dalek invaded Earth. Exactly. And you uh, never went back for her. Well that's all right then. Rory, you never mentioned him again.
0: <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs>
1: Or or with Adric, Adric died crashing into the earth. Oh, that's okay then. That's okay then. Well, and then <laughs> yeah, and it, I'm good with
0: that. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> and then and then and then commanded an army of killer scorpions. Um, if you believe <laughs> big finish. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, you know, that whole that's the right thing to, again. Sidebar. That whole that's the right thing was excellent. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm again I'm, another neil patrick Harris a plus and has got to be spawning you know memes as we as we speak
1: oh I'm sure um I'm s- Leela <laughs> went off with Andrew well, that's all right then um,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know i uh, it's, um I mean, I guess we haven't found out who the boss is, the he who waits
1: no, we didn't who, we is, that? who is that uh, who's well, that going to be is that song Bruce springsteen
0: it's Bruce springsteen. <laughs> Uh, isn't he the boss oh yeah he is actually the boss that's true he is the boss yeah. um, so sadly boss is not going to be the biomorphic system supervisor or well we be, don't know that yet it's going to be well, Blinks it's going to be yeah Blinks is going to reveal himself
1: they could have boss
0: just reprogram boss <laughs> oh yes absolutely just a big circle with like a wiggly line in it
1: Instead of Stevens, it would have been Stuart.
0: Stuart. Kurt. Uh yeah, that and that would have been a callback that no you know, only, only a very few people would have enjoyed, <laughs> but it would have been just as good as the blinks, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, or
1: in a timey wimey sense, Mel invented boss.
0: Oh wow, Mel did invent boss. Exactly. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Wow. You go. Um so I don't know. I, I again sorry, I keep referring back to Loki, which has been such a scarring experience for me. Um <laughs> You know, you gotta, you
1: gotta watch something new.
0: Exactly. You, you get this kind of like reveal of like, it's another multi dimensional being. Oh, no, no, it's another multi. Oh, no, it's another multi dimensional evil being. Like, how far mm-hmm. up can you get? I mean, you know, the Toypex is kind of like an. The Toy, Toypex. The Toy Toymaker's kind of like an apex multi dimensional being, apparently, it appears. But apparently, there's one even more amazing right. beyond that. The and, one
1: who's. The- the silent one who waits yeah, or whatever. the one who waits yeah. its sort of like uh, is this like the timeless children or something is this, this uh, another a bad wolf or it just can it, can I, it
0: just yeah. be sutek or something can we just oh like, that would be great do you yeah it only works for me if it's sutek or omega <laughs> or maybe Suto omega who's like a, a, a mixture of the two
1: well the one who waits kind of seems like the great spider Oh, well, maybe, maybe it's so, a big maybe. spider Sits in the middle of our web Yeah, big spider.
0: Yeah. A big spider from ancient Egypt who also lives in a black hole.
1: So since you aren't a fan of subtitles and don't watch, I think the BBC made a mistake on their subtitling. Or perhaps they didn't. Okay. So when Gatwa and Tenant were both on the screen and you couldn't see either of them, but you could hear them. Tenant Doctor is referred to as the Tenth Doctor Oh. in the subtitles.
0: I will have to rewatch with the subtitles on.
1: Yeah, so it starts with Goodness. the when they're after Tenant gets blasted. Okay, and uh, then when he and Gat were both on the screen, and then when you're looking at uh, the Toy Maker and you're hearing Tenant's voice, it says Tenth Doctor for dialogue tagging well so well okay maybe this actually was the tenth doctor after all i mean there is a lot of very bad
0: subtitling um <laughs> i notice especially of english shows amanda my lovely wife uh, much prefers to watch things with subtitles so we i watch a lot of stuff with subtitles nowadays and right. picking up like some american subtitler not understanding what someone just said because they said it with an english accent that's really mm-hmm. that's really kind of common for that to happen, so mm-hmm. uh, I guess yeah. But
1: this wasn't even something that someone said. This is we are going to call Tennant the tenth Doctor, the
0: tenth Doctor. when well, he's not; it's the fourteenth Doctor, apparently. In this, in this case, apparently, but, whoever,
1: who knows, but, whatever. Yeah. But Gatwood. I mean, if we're starting with series one and it's a reboot, was the first Doctor again.
0: True, true. Gosh, well, it's all it's all it's all kicking off here over in Doctor Who land. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, as a baseline, I liked it, and yeah. uh, you know, obviously there are people who are a lot more important than me who want this to be a success. And, mm-hmm. and if they want it to be a success, I'm, I'm happy with that. Cause the more things that have doctor who written on them that exist in the world, the happier I am.
1: So I think I'm just not as invested in this as I used to be. So it was, mm. it was a way, it was an enjoyable hour of television. Yes. Uh, I didn't get as angry as I did with some previous continuity heavy type stories or continuity reset stories. I just sort of like this is, I can see why they're doing this. This is, to me, equivalent to we're casting Patrick Trouton. We're going to call it a renewal. The TARDIS has these properties. You know, there are external reasons to why everything is being done in this show. And I felt that there was too much external driven narrative in it but i can see why they're doing it i mean everything from the ramp to the tardis to right uh which k9
0: could have really done with to be
1: honest that would have been really really special i i, I mean could have been a callback for k9 oh k9 the k9 ramp it's back again
0: <laughs> or here comes or k9 just trundles on with john leeson squeaking around on the in the background <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah uh, uh, so,
1: you know, it's I'm um, mm-hmm. looking forward to Harry Potter here and uh, at Christmas. And Yeah, if that uh,
0: turns out to be Harry Potter, I'm going to stab the screen because I hate Harry <laughs> Potter. W- worse than Mary Poppins or about the same? No, worse than me. Harry Potter's worse than Mary, Pop- Mary,
1: okay, Mary Poppins. Okay, and on the sliding yeah, scale There's evil. only
0: one movie for Mary Poppins, so I can just avoid it. Mm. But Harry Potter is, like, so hard to, to... I mean, there's an entire, like, aisle in Barnes & Noble only devoted to harry potter things Mm, mm, i don't like that anyway Mm -hmm. um but if that means that there's going to be entire aisle now in barnes noble devoted to doctor who then i'm in favor yeah there you go anyway we will see we'll see Uh, a rising tide floats all the boats or whatever Mm -hmm. the cliche is yeah yeah
1: okay thank you for listening to episode 238 of the metabulous 2 Podcasts. I have been ferreting around the floor for a missing gold tooth with Ben.
0: And I have been worried about goblins with David. <laughs> with David.
1: All right. Until next time. Farewell.